So I'm watching the news, and I uh, pay uh, specifically to the news of CBS. They have been doing some of the best coverage of the different protests, what the issues are. They do all these different backstories, and it it basically keeps me interested in something that uh, broke my heart when I saw those protests go (laughs) south. And I don't know if you noticed what what our last caller said. First of all, where did they get all this spray paint? You can't even purchase spray paint in the city of Chicago like that. I think they have it locked up, and you can get it, but you just can't walk up and, you know, fill up your bag with all kinds of spray cans. So, you know, it's for the first time, at least in my lifetime, I have seen this uh, push against the brutality of black bodies from people other than black people. I've seen every persuasion, every race, every ethnicity, and I would even surmise that not everyone that's doing this is doing it for a political reason. More so, they want, they really do want to exact change. My next guest is Vince Everett Ellison. He is the author of The Iron Triangle, Inside the Liberal Democrat Plan to Use Race to Divide Christians and America in Their Quest for Power and How We Can Defeat Them. Okay, so that's my first guest, and we'll get to them in a minute. And so, I, I, first, what I know of this gentleman is that he's, he's a, a far-right Christian, ext- almost to the extremes, and um, he has uh, Republican values, and he as a black man. Now, my question to him is going to be one of the one of the, the the following: How can you make this a race issue, and how can you say that Democrats and liberals are making what we have seen in the wake of the murder and lynching of George Floyd that this is being uh, politicized? How is it being politicized by the Democrats right now, other than the fact they're talking about getting rid of Donald Trump? But we have a myriad of reasons why we'd like to see that happen. Am I correct? And this whole thing, you know, Bishop Wilton Gregory, who used to be the cardinal here in in the Chicago Archdiocese, uh, he's now Archbishop in uh, Washington, D.C., that man was appalled with these two days of photo ops of the President of the United States exploiting the Bible. Does it get worse than this? Does it get worse when the leader of the free world uses a Bible as a prop in one of the most difficult times of the last five decades. And if you notice, I don't waste a lot of time talking about Donald Trump. I I don't waste a lot of time. But he crossed the line. And when you're at, and just the image of seeing U.S. military, I'm talking active duty military personnel 
on the stairs of the Lincoln Memorial that I have been to many, many different times, still enthralled by it. If you ever get a chance, do the, do the um, monument uh, night tour. It is fantastic. But for some reason, George Floyd's death in the eyes of a people I would suppose like a Vince Ellison is just an inconvenience before the next election. By the way, Joe Biden looks like he is on his way to be the presumptive um, nominee uh, for the uh, Democratic nomination for president of the United States. He won Iowa. I mean, he won, yeah, I think it was Iowa. They had moved it up to there. So there were seven, elect. there was um, elections in seven states, and he's presumptive because he doesn't have all the delegates that he needs as of yet. It's going to be interesting. And Donald Trump actually has said he is operating on the fact that he believes that he believes um, that there is a silent majority that's going to work in his favor. All right. My guest is on the line. His name is Vince Everett Ellison. He is author of The Iron Triangle, Inside the Liberal Democrat Plan to Use Race to Divide Christians and America in Their Quest for Power and How We Can Defeat Them. He was born on a cotton plantation in Haywood County in West Tennessee, to the parents who are at that time were sharecroppers. Uh, his father prospered in the insurance industry, pulling himself and seven siblings out of poverty and into the middle class. They also have a gospel singing group, the Ellison family, and um, and they formed it when he was back in grade school. He's very deeply rooted in his church. And um, the what they say is these life experiences have given Vince a unique insight. Yes, they are. From his from this vantage point, he has been able to recognize, dissect, expose, and answer many questions regarding race, religion, and politics that have dogged America for years. His books, blogs, and interviews and podcasts share required knowledge for all Americans who desire understanding, reconciliation, and freedom. And I'm going to ask uh, Mr. Ellison what that all means. Hello, Vince Ellison. How are you today? I'm very, I'm very fine. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. I'm glad to hear. So you know what? I can learn Thank a you. lot from you by this, um, by my first question. And my first question is your response to the murder of, uh, to the murder of George Floyd last week, and the response from the American people. It looks like that we have turned the tide and we're going in a most peaceful way of demonstration, but I have never seen so many people from different backgrounds, different races, and different colors having the conversation about race and racism that we need to be having until now. So respond to that for me, please. Yeah, the George Floyd murder was a a tragedy. It was terrible. Uh, It was... um, I worked in a prison for five years in South Carolina, and uh, I saw a lot of bad things, and I think that was the worst thing that I've ever seen in my life. 
Um, and um, it, it was, it was, I, I was, I was trying to, I couldn't rationalize it in any way in my brain. You know, I was saying, well, what does the guy have a grenade up under him that he's afraid to let him go because like pull the pan or something? You know, I'm watching this. This is this plain evil. It was just absolutely evil. Uh, but but then there's this other thing that I say whether George Floyd had been black or white or Asian, it still would have been just as bad. Yeah. It was a terrible act from one human being to another. Uh, it was horrible. If the cop had been black, it would have been horrible. If Floyd had been white, it would have been horrible. If it had been a woman or a man, it would have been horrible. It didn't have to be a race issue for for us to understand how horrible it was. It was a horrible act within itself. And I have discovered, and what angers me about this thing I call the Iron Triangle, uh, when I stopped working in the prison system and started a nonprofit organization, they had told me that our problem was rich white Republicans putting black men in jail. And when I went into the black communities and nailed these people to the wall, I didn't see any rich white Republicans. I saw a lot of uh, a lot of black Democrats. And most of them that were controlling things were most black preachers, black politicians, and black civic organizers. They are the Iron Triangle. And they were controlling the black community for their white liberal masters. And that's all they're concerned about. So they sit back and they wait for this golden kill. You can have 7,000 black murders every year, which we do have. It has nothing and to do with what, how law enforcement treats black people. It has nothing. It, 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 let's, let's not get off the narrative. It has nothing to do that black people kill black people because white people kill white people, Asian people kill Asian people, Hispanic people kill Hispanic people. So can we stay focused on the fact that there's clearly some systemic racism in with African Americans um, and the justice system? Are there? What, what? Do you think there are systemic problems in the justice system? Of course, because they're run by Democrats. That's the systemic racism. Democrats run those communities. They, 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 they are the mayors. They're the city councilmen. They're the judges. They're the juries that put black people in jail. They run the schools. They control every dope house. They control every failing school. They, 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 they put together the structure that destroyed the black family. They put in Joe Biden and the Democrats put together the structure that also are locking black men up, and they take our guns away so we cannot uh, defend ourselves. So that when we go out there and we're hunted, we cannot even fight against the people that are hunting us because as soon as you get a group of black men together, their primary goal is to take away our right to defend ourselves so they can then come down and beat the living hell out of us. Yeah, that, it's I, that it's I systemic can, from the Democratic Party. That, that I can agree with you, but I'm not going to label And the Democratic Party does it. It and not, so do racist white it's people and biased no, white no, people. Because no. there's no one more despicable than Mitch McConnell. It's my pleasure to have uh, Vince Everett Ellison. And he makes some very cogent points. Many of us that live in large urban cities, um, we have been electing Democratic-leaning um, uh supposedly leaning individuals. Well, you know what? In recent years, I found out that's not true, and especially in some of our Cook County judge uh, races, that um, these individuals will actually, and it's been done. I've seen it happen with uh, Edward Doliak when he switched over to a Republican. They really weren't Democrats, in my opinion, Vince, in the first place, a lot of them. Um, it's a, it's a, a way and a means to get elected to pu- public office, but it doesn't mean that you have this in kind of implicit bias 
um, and this uh, systemic racism that just exists. I mean, can we just admit that it exists in in all of these areas? And if they're Republican, Democrat, Independent, or Frog, it shouldn't even matter, right? Ma'am, that's the premise of my book. That's why I won't live with government. Um, when I, I, I stay in the state of Virginia where they have Confederate monuments and stuff everywhere. And uh, I, I say that I want the government that would put these monuments up to be so small that they cannot affect me. Where my, 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 my black Democrat friends want to expand this government so that they can control every asset of their life. I don't want this government educating my children. That's why I want school choice, but that's a conservative concept. I don't want this government controlling my religion. That's a, so I want it small. That's why I vote conservative. I don't I want, want this to talk government about telling that. me what to do. I want to talk about I don't want to tell me what to do. Okay. This is why liberal black people confuse me because they say they're racist. I agree. They say they are trying to murder us. I agree. They say they are miseducating and destroying our communities. I agree. But then I say, why do you want to give this government more control over your life? You should be with me trying to shrink it so that I can control that white racist neighbor one-on-one. But if he's bringing the state troopers and the sheriff's department, I got a problem. So I want the government small because I can handle that racist joke across the street from me. I'll take my if I got my Second Amendment, he belonged to me. I don't belong to him. But the Second Amendment does not apply to black people for the most part. We're going to talk about this. Yes, it does. Well, it doesn't seem it does. People that will not allow us to use it. We vote for people that take our guns from us. It does apply to us. It's an unalienable right. Given to us by God, it cannot be taken by government. We give it away. It's ours. All right. And we vote for people that take it from us. All right. Yes. And we're talking to Vince Ellison. He is an author and analyst on the Twin City Riots, and he's been dealing with race and racism in the United States. And he wants to, um, and he's saying that this uh, liberal uh, agenda, this lim- liberal Democrat agenda, is at the root of all of these issues, talking to Vince Everett Ellison, who is author of The Iron Triangle, Inside the Liberal Democrat Plan to Use Race to Divide Christians and America in Their Quest for Power and How We Can Defeat Them. And he was born in West Tennessee, and his father brought them out of his his family, you know, into the middle class after being sharecroppers. And he went on and advanced his education and uh, worked as a correctional uh, officer at a maximum's uh, security prison in South Carolina. That's interesting. Uh, I have a question, Bent. What, now, when you were a correctional officer in South Carolina, did you ever wonder why there was such a high percentage of more uh, of, of African Americans that were uh, in, detained and inmates in those prisons in that prison in South Carolina, and did you? I mean, did you ever stop to hear why they were there, or, or you know, as opposed to their white and Latino counterparts? Did, what, what did you? What was your experience as a correctional officer? Yes, ma'am. That's what started me on on my journey. I was wondering because it was in the nineties. And the Clinton crime bill was there. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, the, they had three prisons in South Carolina in the 1980s. And by the end of the 90s, they had 40. And I was wondering what had happened because I thought we had overcome. And, of course, I was told it was the rich, evil, white Republicans by the black intelligentsia. So I, I, I resigned my post and started working uh, and started a nonprofit organization to start trying to keep black men from going to prison. 
And I, I organized, helped organize the Million Man March, me and Earl Muhammad in South Carolina. And uh, I took uh, 25 buses to uh, the Million uh, Man March. And uh, to show you the where I was and how radical I was, but then I found, as I was working, that uh, the, 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 the white people were not our problem. Uh, that we were sleeping with the enemy. That our that 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 that, that our uh, uh, killers had black faces, and uh, it was the Iron Triangle. Most black preachers, most black civic organizers, and most black politicians. Your listeners can go to my website at irontrianglebook.com. That's irontrianglebook.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at Vince uh, Vince E Ellison. Now, in my book, I explain how I, I got to this point and the things that that I experienced that got me there. But the main thing was reading my Bible and Jesus saying that uh, there will be those that will come in my name and they will do such great things that they will fool the very elect. And the disciples asked him, how will I know them? He said, we know them by their fruits, not by their work. And uh, he said, and you will not get uh, good fruit from a rotten tree or rotten fruit from a good tree. Rotten fruit comes from a rotten tree. And the black community right now is dealing with rottenness. And that means the tree is rotten. I'm not Republican or Democrat. I am an independent. I believe in my God, and because I am an heir of Jesus Christ, I cannot be inferior to any man, and I cannot be a victim. It is an oxymoron to be an heir of Jesus Christ and be a victim or feel inferior to anybody. And if they feel like they're, inferior, if they feel like they're superior to me, that's their problem. Let them deal with me, and they'll find out that they're wrong. But you're because more likely to probably be killed because I, this is what I'm saying. I'm you, 50 you don't years old, well, and nobody's good. ever laid a hand on me. Well, then you, were lucky. well then you were lucky, and, and praise the Lord. I was not lucky. I was not well, lucky. Well, what are you attributed I, to? No. What are you attributed I to? I attribute it to my upbringing and our belief in Jesus Christ and my manhood. I leave out my house every day like a man. I deal with people like a man. I am discreet. I am nice. I am honest, and I am armed. And if anybody puts their hands on me, I'm going to whoop them in the name of Jesus or send them straight to hell. And because of that, nobody touches me. No one touches me, my family, nor my property, or any of my brothers, or, or my father. My father is 78 years old, and he tell me, boy, I can still pull a trigger. His house has never been robbed. He's never been accosted. Nobody's ever touched me in my life. I was raised in West Tennessee, 50 miles where Martin Luther King Jr. was killed. I saw other black people treated like dogs. Nobody ever touched me or my family because my daddy would kill you if you touched his children. And every white man knew it. And because of that, people have this instinct about power. And they hold us in contempt because we give our power away. And we ask the people that hate us to feed our children and to take care of us. No, we must do it ourselves. And that's when we'll get our power. They said, if you kick out your men, we'll provide for you. They lied. They said if you if you let us educate if you give us our children we'll educate them. They lied. Then they said you give us your guns we'll protect you. They lied, and they are supposed to hold us in contempt because any man you any man that walks up to another man and say protect me, he should be held in contempt. Mm. You have to tell him the same way the Jews told everybody else when they rebuilt their walls. We do not want your help. Martin Luther King Jr., Larry King gave this statement, talking about his favorite interview with Martin Luther King Jr. in 1964, going to integrate a hotel. And when the police came to arrest him, they asked King, what do you want? He said, I want my dignity. He's implying that a white man could give him his dignity. That is a lie. Your dignity comes from God. It is yours. No one can take it from you. You can give it away. And we're talking about freedom. King goes 
to the watch on, March on Washington says 100 years after the Emancipation Proclamation, the Negro is still not free. That is a lie. Your freedom is an unalienable right given to you by God. Okay, John so let Lockwood, me ask you this. So in treaties of government, that is irrevocable, non-transferable, So please explain to me how you have had all of these instances of unarmed black men being shot by police officers. There's a whole because list. They're of, unarmed. Wait a minute. They're unarmed. <laughs> they're unarmed. Well, that makes sense. You never hear about wait, black men getting shot by nobody. But let they're me unarmed. Okay, okay, so let me ask you this. So when when if the the shootings have been investigated, what is the first thing that everybody, uh, all of these police officers, say about these hulking black men and sometimes twelve year old boys? I was in fear in my. They they said I was in fear in my life. So the weapon, the weapon that we have is the color of our skin, and that's what maybe. And look, and I know that. That's why I'm armed. I'm not gonna go out there knowing that people hunting me, and I don't have nothing in my hand but a stick. If I know I'm being hunted, like I do know, I am armed, and I'd rather be tried by twelve than carried by six. All right, let's go. Police officer. If a police officer comes to me and looks like he's going to do me or mine hard, I'm going to lay him down. But because I'm respectable, he's respectable. I don't ride dirty. We talk to each other like men. We look at each other like men. I don't look like I'm a thug. I don't act like I'm a thug. We have put out a, a, a image of us that we are responsible for. Oh we God. have allowed the world to look. Yes, we have. Okay. Our rap music, the way we talk about each other, the way we treat our women and talk about our women, the way we tear back our music, shoot up our neighborhoods. Yeah, we do it. White folks don't do that. We do it. It's on the news every night that we kill each other, that we beat up each other. We call our wives and our, our mothers bitches and whores. We don't take care of us. We put that image out, and you know it's out there. And don't lie and say it's not. No, I'm not, not going to disagree and with and you. We, and we that put it out That still doesn't there. give other so, people the right so to shoot us down like animals. People, no, it doesn't. But if you see a snake, 99% of snakes are unpoisonous. But we see them, and we want to kill them because we know that 1% is. Because everything we see on TV says that snakes are poisonous. Everything they see on TV says that black people are dangerous. Right. Black men. Right. And so when they see us, what are they going to say? Danger. They treat us the way they treat us because we are the ones that give that image to them. And we have to hold ourselves responsible for that. I am not a victim. All right. Then we are talking. We're talking to Vince Ellison. And we're going to give out Vince's website again. Interesting conversation. 773-591-1690. Vince Everett Ellison. He is the author of The Iron Triangle. And I actually went to YouTube. And you are quite the handsome man. Uh, Vince. However, no, you were very nice. <laughs> it was very, very nice. You're Thank very you. <laughs> handsome, but I can tell you, there have been black men in suits who speak the king's English and are respectful and have ended up dead. It is just yes, you're right. You're right. You're exactly right. I agree. All right. I agree. Look, and look, you, you, what you're going to do? You are going to run across a fool every now and again. But I'm going to read you something that Frederick Douglass said after he beat up his slave master at 16 years old. Well, hold on a second. Let me go to Emmanuel first because I need sure, to get ahead. these calls in. Go right ahead. Thanks okay. for your permission, Emmanuel. Go right ahead. Perry, how you doing? I'm good. How you doing? Great. Good morning to your guest. Okay. Um, good morning, man. How you doing, I like your spirit, brother. Um, I, I can't deny that. Um, I kind of disagree with uh, you and your position, though, um, 
with with guns. I think that white people will come with bigger guns at some point. Uh, I do agree, though, that you get to protect your home and family and, and things like that. Um, <clears throat> my condolences to the Conrad World family. I would like to change position on that and let them know that I love Conrad World, and I'm I'm, I'm sad he's gone. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm glad we got our the old WBON phone number back. But, brother, Fernando Castile in Minnesota showed the man his gun card, and, was, and, 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 the, and the police blasted him anyway. And I, I just don't agree with, uh, with with guns right now. I think that guns are, are, are set up, and I think that uh, as we show and flash guns, white folks will say, look, they got guns, guns that they gave us, by the way, and then say, we got to go in there with bigger guns, you know, more more power, more firepower, and they'll wind up slaughtering us uh, when it comes to guns. So guns are not the solution. In fact, uh, it's a setup. And I think that there's another way to handle that. And I think you got the answer, my brother. You do, you do know. You have said some things that that sound more like the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And uh, and I think that we should lean more toward that solution. So right. thank you, brother. I love your spirit. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Right, brother. Brother, I love you too. I love you too. And, and and thank you. And you make some valid valid points. All, all I can say to that is that history hasn't proven that to be true. Um, when we deal with people on the individual basis. And uh, uh, as I say, if we shrink government, this is the concept of shrink government, to make sure the government cannot organize, come in and hurt us. But if, if black, pe- black people live together on an individual basis and we protect our property, protect our person, protect our family, that should be enough. They would have no reason to come and bother us. Uh, there, there are a lot, of, a lot of minorities here in this country, Jews, Asians, uh, uh, Indians, Hispanics, you name it. Uh, when people decide to protect themselves and, again, White people aren't our problem. They are not our problem. We all have a problem with them every now and again. But we have to start making sure our neighborhoods are safe, we are safe, and then we can deal with the politicians that get these crooked cops and all these people in our neighborhood. But it comes from the one thing. It comes from the concept of security, and even in the jungle, you must first secure yourself. Frederick Douglass said, a man without force is without the essential dignity of humanity. Human nature is so constituted that it cannot honor a helpless man, although it can pity him. And even this, it cannot do long if the signs of power do not arise. We have to, as men, not fear other men. Our force, our dignity, and our belief in God will protect us, but we have to first make a conscious decision to protect ourselves and not, as, as, as the Jewish people did in, in Germany and as we do over here, give our guns away and allow the people that we say are hunting us to kill us. You got a, you, you have a 1% chance of dying if you arm. You got a 100% chance of dying if you're not. Hey, I'll take, I'll take my eye, you know? All right, let's uh, go to Kimberly. And, and, and as far as people flashing guns, don't flash a gun. Use it. If I'm pulling mine, it's going off. Okay, well, that's what's happening in Cicero here uh, nearby Chicago. The Latinos are uh, taking aim and shooting, at, and it's being reported every African-American who crosses that line at Western. Let's go to Kimberly. Kimberly, thank you for your call. Thank you. I, I was um, hearing Mr. Vincent, and I would definitely agree with a lot that he is saying, but I would say that some of his um, rhetoric echoes from a documentary that I was watching by a man named Noma Chomsky. And it's uh, called the Requiem for American Dream. And he speaks of how the Constitution has already demoralized the would-be democracy that it speaks of. And it reads that the landlords, the people who own the land, ought to share in the government. 
and to support the invaluable interests of the balance and to check each other. However, if the majority, uh, being the poor, ever rise up against the opulent, and this is the language they use, then we will be in the minority. So we should secure our position, therefore, permanency through the Senate. Therefore, they have already wrapped us all into a position of servitude, even through the Constitution. And therefore, the only way to come out of this is to get rid of the electorate. The electorate Mm -hmm. is actually what gives all of the rest of it the premise that it is a democracy. Because if it was a democracy, one vote, one person, we would not have Trump present day, but for the electorate. Okay. That's, and, and the Electoral College. You're right. Absolutely. Yeah. Real quick, yeah. i got to yeah. take another call. Real quick. Charles, go right ahead. Real quick. And I hate to rush Okay. Uh, uh, I totally agree with this man, this young man or whatever here who's talking. Elijah Muhammad said the same thing, basically, he said for black people. Do for self or suffer the consequences. Mm. And I was yeah. listening to what he said, what this, and now God has given us another man that's saying the same thing. But what are we doing? We listening to all these hustlers, these liars, these bullcrappers, mm-hmm. and look at where we at. And I agree, mm-hmm. Charles. You're 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 right about that. Vince, Charles is right. Yeah. Look, so Vince, give give your website again for the triangle. Yo, it's irontrianglebook.com. Okay. It's irontrianglebook.com. I don't care about Republican or Democrat. Vote better Democrats in. Make sure they give you the right to educate your children, pray to your God, and defend yourself. Keep all of the people out of your community. They'll come there legally so they don't take your job, mm. your space, and your schoolhouse. All right. Thank you. It was a pleasure meeting you, Vince.